0: Now, nah, but there's another rocky road. Mm-hmm. April, you. Every time I pop my little pill,
1: is it
0: me or did I just lay down and die?
1: Little did you know. Slow. Hello, welcome to Precious Track by Track. I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about old friends for sale. And of course, that is number four from The Vault. Old friends for sale. Um, I'm never quite sure why there's an ellipsis in the title. It's just such a weird, puzzling thing that whoever whoever was compiling this at Warner Brothers just clearly wanted to mess with Prince. Uh, recorded originally on the 20th of April, 1985 at Sunset Sound, and then later in 1985, Claire Fisher added the you know the strings and the instrumentation, uh, and then in 1991, Prince went in and re-recorded some of the lyrics. Um, at paisley park and it was of course released on the 24th of august 1999 on the track you have prince and you have the claire fisher orchestra also featuring i think brent fisher on timpani um so uh, i I, I don't know that his father uh, sorry i don't know that the son ever kind of took up the you know the baton of uh, kind of orchestrating stuff but uh, it would have been nice if he did uh, the song is 3 Minutes 27, and joining me to talk about it today is Alec Rayner. Hello, Alec. Hello. For the genre of song, I feel like it is, uh, I don't know, like a morality tale from Prince. <laughs> you know, there is a little bit of a story behind the song which is related... Well, some of the lyrics... I mean, it's one of the its one of the rare times where we can kind of say that some of the lyrics are actually autobiographical. Um, you know, where Prince opens up by saying, The sunset, on, sunset in my heart this evening... Because an old friend of mine just got lost in the jive. Uh, you know, little did she know when you're stuck in the snow, no one gets out alive. Now, from what I understand the original lyrics, instead of talking about an old friend of mine and, you know, she and all this, they referred more directly to he or them, you know, getting stuck in the snow because um this is related to a story for um jimmy jam and terry lewis uh better known you know from kind of 1985 onwards as the producers of you know a number of hit songs Uh, mostly of course best known as janet jackson's producers through most of the 80s and i think a little bit into the 90s you know until she entered the um the the, i don't know why but both her and michael jackson had such great voices and yet Once you got into like the late '90s, early 2000s, all their producers decided to bury their vocals so far in the mix that you could barely tell it was a song by those artists. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking in particular of that one song that steals Big Yellow Taxi, and you know it's just like you can you can can literally barely hear what Janet Jackson is even saying in that song. She is not even whispering. She is like you know low talking, Um, but yeah. So, you know, Prince, I don't know, trying to get a reputation like James Brown, when the the two band members of the the, the time, you know, got stuck in the snow and they couldn't get to a gig, um, Prince fined them $2,000, which apparently they were only on $170 a week. So, you know, it was basically going to take them, like, the rest of the tour and another six months to be able to earn enough money to pay back this fine. So, you know, the fine was probably never going to ever be paid. Um, And eventually, you know, apparently the reason that Prince did this was because they started producing music outside of Prince's, you know, sphere. Um, You know, there were a couple of bands that they did. They went out and they produced songs for. Obviously, you know, they're well known now as being producers. um, But, you know, to Prince, they were just, you know, a keyboard player and a guitarist. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, Prince was trying to enforce this discipline, you know, in the way that, you know, James Brown would have and try to make the time you know these two members of the time kind of you know obey what he wanted uh, now you know obviously if you if you're in if you're in kind of you know minneapolis there's a chance that you know at certain times of the year you are going to get stuck in snow like it's just a thing that's going to happen so it feels kind of cruel for Prince to then find these two people for not being able to get their connecting flight. It's like, Prince, what do you want them to do? Like, go into the cockpit and start flying the plane themselves? You know, there was no reasonable middle ground in this particular kind of argument. That was kind of what happened here. And, you know, the old friends for sale are, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who I think by the time Prince had recorded this song had left the time anyway. Um, and, you know, they you know they, they produced a Control by Janet Jackson in, in 1985. Um, now it's funny because I like I don't recall this song ever having been considered for you know um, you know an album. I think it was you know it was recorded around the same time as a lot of the stuff that was uh, gonna be on on parade. Um, and apparently there's like a, a version of parade that had it maybe as like a track and then it was like taken off you know long before the album was going to be released. Um, you know, and uh, you know, apparently Prince was kind of thinking about giving it to Sheila E. and you know, putting it on the Grammys' life. So you know, there were kind of a, a couple of you know other yeah different places where it could have ended up. But at the same time, like it feels like such a personal story to Prince. It's one of those tracks where it's kind of hard to imagine one of his kind of proteges kind of re-recording it and kind of making it their own. And particularly like the version that's that's on the Vault. Um, you know, this essentially becomes the title track, which I, I don't know. If it, I, I always find the vault quite interesting because, you know, they still use the four in like the title. You know, I think... So, it, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting they still use Prince to speak for the titles on the album, like, even though he was, wasn't really fully involved. Um, yeah. But yeah,
0: so, like... Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I have no idea how the vault, like how the songs chosen for the vaults were even, like, chosen. I have no idea. Like, Prince's input on the actual track listing. Like, I always thought it was just Warner Brothers, you know, getting what their last album out of, like, a contract or something. And then the actual title, The Vaults and Old Friends for Sale, like, just putting two myths into one, because Old Friends for Sale was, like, a, (laughs) um, a fairly popular song on bootlegs. And the vault—it was just yeah. like a big Prince thing, like the whole like myth, mythos, and legends of Prince's vault. They were like, "How can we make the most cash-grabby title for a new Prince album? The Vault, dot dot dot. Old friends for sale."
1: Uh, well, I mean, in actuality, um, you know, Prince did submit this tracklist in to Warner Brothers in 1996, along with Chaos and Disorder, um, but. Warner brothers basically held back releasing it because obviously you know uh, they didn't want to flood the market with prince stuff anyway yeah so they didn't want to put it out in 1996 <laughs> uh, which you know they could have they could have easily put it out in 1996 there was nothing to stop them from doing that but you know they were the ones who said to prince release less music and so I feel like them putting out two prince albums in 1996 the same time that girl six and emancipation was coming out was probably just it was going to be counterproductive to the point they wanted to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Prince, Prince did kind of have an input into the track listing and kind of obviously submitted the songs. Um, and then, you know, from there, basically, it was just Warner Brothers marketing department who kind of held on it for three years and then released it as a spoiler for, uh, for you know, Rave, um, you know, which came out a couple of months after this. Um, but yeah so you know the artwork all of that kind of stuff was you know approved by prince oh wow but yeah I mean aside from the actual text on the cover which is so clearly like i don't know like photoshop 6 <laughs> like the specific there's like a there's a specific kind of like the the kind of the way that like the the word the vault is beveled and all that kind of stuff like it's such a kind of basic photoshop 6 like filter that they've applied <laughs> that it's kind of crazy it's like you can look at it and go, oh, I know exactly what they did in Photoshop 6 to do this. Um, Photoshop 6 being the first one where you could have these kind of textures. So, oh, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like it's so kind of it's so kind of deliberately like, I don't know, whoever's designed it must have just learned how to do that in Photoshop. And they're like, this is what it's going to be. But, yeah, so, like you know, the picture of Prince on the chair next to like the kind of mural. Um, it does. It's it, like. I don't know it's, it's really weird because like the album itself like this being the title track is always such a weird thing to me because it's like you know it's like the eighth track like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere like you know you have like two very short tracks before it you have two very short tracks after it like the entire second side is probably no more than like 12 minutes long. And it's so kind of it's just kind of in the middle there, and it's it's kind of it's so kind of weird. And also, you know, this it's not like this was like a released as a single or anything. Like you know, it's not like it was given that kind of prominence. Um, but I, you know, uh, I, obviously, I love everything that Claire Fisher did with Prince, and so you know, I think that the orchestration on this is kind of the one of the things that kind of lifts it a little bit. Um, you know, and it, it's it's really weird because I, you know it always strikes me as being kind of a very um, kind of chaotic song like you know there feels like there's a lot going on in it um, particularly like the, the orchestration I won't say it feels like it's fighting against Prince but like what Prince is singing you know is like when he, when he talks about you know the night fell darkest in Persia and you know like all that kind of stuff like it feels very kind of dark and foreboding but the, the strings are very kind of uplifting and you know the the whole instrumentation is is really kind of you know, um, I don't know. I would say it's better than kind of the, mater- the main material of the song, which is not bad. Um, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of kind of, you know, tears. The whole kind of sunset in my heart, and tears fall gently in my garden, and night fell so dark this evening, and you know, you know, maybe the morning air will make me feel better. Like this weird kind of. Um, I don't know like there's a lot of stuff kind of in nature in this song which is so kind of weird because it almost feels like Prince is trying to write a series kind of like haikus because there's little kind of short kind of parts but then, then you have these kind of you know the kind of where Prince kind of goes up you know kind of goes up the scales where he's like you know stuff Stuff with, you know, like, kind of, uh, had he been my sweet baby, and she never really loved me at all. Like, and he gets very kind of dramatic on some of the lines. And, you know, but I'm, now I'm wondering if there's somebody up there who really cares. Like, it's, like, it's so kind of, like, melodramatic and over the top. And it kind of, it really does kind of feel like, very much like a kind of 1985 Prince. Like, you know, Prince who just released, you know, Around the World in a Day. Who was about to go off to France to film, you know, Under the Cherry Moon. Like, it's very kind of raw and exposed. Um, you know, and that, but st- like weird lines like last night a stranger took my picture, uh, and then he'd asked if I'd buy it, and I, I guess I said I don't know, <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like stuff like that. Where it's like, what was going on there, Prince? You know, like I don't know. And then towards the end, you know, the kind of the you know the old friends for sale, get him while they're getting his heart. Um, you better watch out; they'll kiss you until they get what you got, and they'll show you, and they'll show you the friends that they're not. Old friends for sale, like. The kind of bitterness <laughs> kind yeah. of ends up seeping through towards the end.
0: I think this song is very haunting. Um, obviously, there's a lot of like lyric changes, but um, from the '85 version to this um, officially released version, um, but I still really enjoy that like last verse where he finally does the old friends for sale, get him while the getting high. It, I think it just kind of goes with his like super private, paranoidish almost nature that um Prince kind of just presents and is almost a staple of just his public image of being super um reclusive almost to the point where it comes off as paranoid at times. So, I think that song at least accomplished that and um I do really love the Claire Fisher um orchestration that's on this song um in comparison to the 85 song i think this is the weaker of the versions just purely i i think the um subject matter the attention and the just the lyrics in general are better in the 85 version cuz he's talking more like about himself in the 85 version he had a line on there something where he was saying where he was alluding to like kind of the backlash of around the world in a day when people were like wow that's such a certain just change in the sounds where he was like your kingdom is falling and a couple of the other things like that i think um the lyric change just kind of for for this knowing that there's another version out there which is more personal at least in my opinion kind of dampens the effect of this song for me at least of this, like, original release song. Oh, the final release song, my bad.
1: I mean, it's interesting as well that Prince then, kind of, in 2012, started performing the song. <laughs> and then kind of performed it in 2013 and 2014. Like, I don't know what happened in 2012 that kind of prompted him to... to kind of suddenly decide to kind of take a shot again at, uh, you know, Terry... you know, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And the thing is, as well, you know, they'd known Prince since they were in high school. Like, they were you know, you know, some of his closest friends from school. Um, so it's funny that he then puts them in a band and starts finding the money for not showing up when it snows. Um, you know, and of course he also recorded sometimes it snows in April, um, in April, 1985 as well. So I don't know it, it feels like maybe he kind of understood the, the kind of situation, but maybe he just wanted to, you know, considering he, he was, you know, very young, you know, you've got to remember he was like 25, 26 and kind of in charge of, you know, three different bands that were kind of on the tour with him. Yep. And so maybe a little bit of that pressure kind of got to him. Um but yeah, I don't know, it's, it's funny because I don't know, I just I just I, I just kinda of like this the kind of the melodrama of the whole thing and you know, like when you have a title like Old Friends for Sale, like <laughs> that's not subtle at all. Like that that without even knowing what the song's about, you know that that's a dig at somebody. Yeah. Um like the idea of like somebody selling out um, and, like, I don't know, like, the idea of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis producing Janet Jackson albums as being selling out seems like such a weird kind of line to draw. It, I, I I kind of enjoy it. I enjoy kind of how over the top it is. Yeah. Um. You know, and Prince's vocals, you know, are really good on it as well. Like, the kind of, you're still kind of getting that very early 80s kind of, you know, Prince still kind of finding his voice a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, there's still a little bit of kind of uncertainty. Yeah, like... Uh, even in... Even though it's, like, re-recorded in 91, there's still, you know, kind of little kind of bits of that kind of creep through a little bit uh, during the song.
0: Yeah, like how at the end of a lot of the verses he kind of gets into his, like, little screamy thing, like, yeah, um, where um, his voice is, like, going up and it seems a little bit more intense and then it starts softening for the next verse again, like, yeah. that feels... Yeah, yeah um, I, I do really enjoy that effect where it, it kind of goes full emotion. next verse we reset... Kinda, the night feels so dark <laughs> yeah. this evening, and each yeah. kind of has their own like little buildup. Um, that is a pretty cool yeah, structure. it does. It does
1: feel like it does. Yeah, it does feel like a, a like a, a small series of little kind of dramatic stories that he's trying to tell us. Uh, like I said, kind of almost like little haikus of you know, his, his bitterness towards, <laughs> towards these people. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I would say, you know, four out of five, I would, I would say if maybe we had like another minute, two minutes of this, then it would be a five out of five. Like I really would want to kind of hear a, a fuller version of it. It feels kind of like it just kind of ends and you don't really get the kind of, you know, like a resolution to the song. It just kind of like, he just sings old friends for sale and then kind of, that's it. <laughs> like the song doesn't really like it, it feels like maybe it's a little short, like, you know i really i really kind of wanted more basically
0: i i would agree i think a 4 out of 5 would be the rating i'd give it definitely it's probably my top 2 or 3 favorites from the vault old friends for sale the album but um as i said earlier i think this re-recording kind of dampens some of the effects that i um of the original song but i think there's still a lot of really good stuff going in there with the orchestration um i love just like the little structure of each verse kind of just gets, you know, the mo- emotional progression towards the end where he's like basically screaming and then it gets soft again, tells a little story. Um, definitely one of my favorite songs from the album, but a four out of five. Nonetheless,
1: well, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Old friends for Sale. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug out? Alec,
0: Alec 98 is my Twitter. Um, I love Prince. Awesome. And I'd like to thank you very much for letting me be on this podcast. Always a good time recording these.
1: And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here. Al. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. And goodbye. Thanks,